welcome to Little Decisions. I'm your host, Victoria Cooper. This is episode 13 of our podcast on kindness, connection, and community, and I have lots planned for us today. So let's get started, shall we? For lucky number 13, the unofficial start of spooky season for the podcast, I decided to title it Be Flexible. What do I mean by be flexible? I mean, live in the moment. Kindness is best done when it's based on the individuals involved in a unique moment in time. Or at least that's when kindness is its most beautiful and most authentic, I think. Maybe it's most raw. I'm talking about being flexible with our expectations, with our experiences, and with ourselves. Up first, though, some light housekeeping. As always, it feels like there's so much going on for this podcast. I've been a guest on several other podcasts now, including Cozy Bear Farms, Lauren's Pursuit of Happiness, and A Winning Cup, just to name a few. I've been sharing my story and slinging kindness everywhere I go. But right now, right now, I'm actually taking a break. This podcast was recorded days in advance so that I could attend a wedding. Congratulations, Bishop and Xander. This is a great example of me practicing what I preach. See? I'm looking for opportunities to make impactful little decisions, too. I guess we'll call that clean. That's housekeeping. So much about kindness deals with things like change and personal growth. At least to me, it does. How do we change, though? Like, really change in our core? What are ways we can go about doing that while being kind and considerate to ourselves? I wish I had an answer for you. But at best, I have a cryptic message that hopefully has what you need in it. I know that if you practice kindness as a way of being, you are naturally more kind to yourself as well. Today's episode is titled Be Flexible, and it's about how kindness can help us to become less rigid, to opt for a little chaos over, quote, control. Also, think of the be in be flexible more as become, become flexible. Because we can always become more of something. That's easy, right? Being flexible, that's something we can consciously do. A little decision we can make every day, in almost any situation. Someone not respecting your need for space? Ask yourself why they might want to get closer to you instead of assuming they don't respect your boundaries. When things don't go the way you expected, laugh at the audacity you had to even have expectations in the first place. To be flexible is a goal of mine. As a recovering control freak, I expect everyone around me to be a mind reader and know what I both want and need in any given situation. I aim at being flexible because you can't prepare for everything, but I'd like to think I'm prepared enough for most things. It's a mindset. It's a trick of the light. And not being good at being flexible creates conflict and strife. When I feel like I am being flexible, I feel in flow with life getting little road markers along the way that feel serendipitous. To be flexible is to be without expectation, and that is a burden to bear for certain. We bring all that we've been through to this exact moment, and yet we are expected to set that aside to be in this moment. And as I listen to my own breathing, watch my own chest rise and fall, I think about the rhythm of it all, and I try to just bend with it a little more. To be flexible isn't a difficult little decision. It's just a constant one, and that's metaphorically. This next segment is just called Ted Lasso. 
I haven't yet mentioned the number one kindness show in the world right now, Ted Lasso, almost because it felt like everyone already knew about it. However, without offering any spoilers, I want to discuss the impact of a recent episode in season two of the show. The revelation I am talking about deals with the death of Ted Lasso's father and is explained as the reason why Ted is the way he is. I like this quote from a Mashable article, which I'll link in the show notes. Quote, This bewildering mix of anger, regret, longing, and heartbreak is why Ted lives by kindness, empathy, and generosity. That statement is true for me too. I experienced a tremendous loss, and that set me on my path towards kindness, connection, and community, which became this podcast. Although the origins are different, so much of the response to the loss is the same. The loss of someone profoundly changed us, maybe made us appreciate more everything we have left. The pandemic has made us do that too, hasn't it? Threatening everyone randomly, we can take stock in what we have been given and meet the world with more consideration and kindness. If you're not watching it already, go check out Ted Lasso on Apple TV and find your own way to kindness. I know you can. For this next segment, Kindness in the World, I plan for this to be part of a regular series where I focus on different parts of the world and how they are dealing with the idea of kindness. We have already begun in the UK with Kim Holland's interview a few weeks ago. Well, we are back in the UK because the BBC just launched a, quote, huge online public science project called the Kindness Test, end quote. The goal of which is to get a fuller picture of kindness in today's world. According to an article I'll link in the show notes, here is what we already know about the subject of kindness so far. Number one, acting kindly makes us feel good. Number two, kindness is contagious. And three, acting kindly can make you feel less anxious. Four, even toddlers can be kind. So what then is the kindness test researching? Here are some questions they want answered. First, What are the most common kind acts people carry out? Second, where do people most often experience kindness? Third, how is kindness viewed at work? And fourth, what prevents us from being kind? Do you want to help? This is a worldwide survey, so you can. Simply go to thekindnesstest.org to participate. That's thekindnesstest.org. To participate. And that's kindness in the world. For this week's quotes, I have four to help you learn to be kind and to be flexible in and with your life. The first one, unexpected kindness is the most powerful, least costly, and most underrated agent of human change. Bob Carey. Number two, don't cast a shadow on anyone unless you're providing shade. Terry Gullimans. Number three, as the rain falls on the just and unjust alike, let your heart be untroubled by judgments and let your kindness rain down on all. Buddha. And number four, love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. The Dalai Lama. And that's quotes. 
For this week's In the News, I have some pineapple news. Did you know the pineapple is making a show this spooky season? Yep. Because it is often used as a bumper crop, farmers and growers are urging folks to carve up pineapples as well as pumpkins this year. And why not? These fun fruits are the perfect shape to hollow out, just like a pumpkin. And you can use the insides to make delicious holiday drinks. You can also go on my Patreon page to see all the spooky pineapples I have around for the season. Make a pineapple jack-o'-lantern yourself and send me a picture. This next bit of pineapple news is from the pineapple name as well. Apparently, there was a very kind rescue group in Afghanistan called the Pineapple Express. To quote a New York Post article, quote, I have been involved in some of the most incredible missions and operations that a special forces guy could be a part of, and I have never been a part of anything more incredible than this, said Major Gant, a retired Green Beret. He continued, The bravery and courage and commitment of my brothers and sisters in the pineapple community was greater than the U.S. commitment on the battlefield, he said. You can see the link to both these pineapple articles in the show notes. And that's the news. This next segment is premiering for spooky season, and it's called Movie Recommendations. I wanted to take a minute to recommend a few Halloween classics that we've been watching in our house. While Disney Plus is not a sponsor of this podcast yet, we suggest you use that service to watch our two recommendations this episode, The Nightmare Before Christmas and Hocus Pocus. Both are about a night gone awry, and you'll love each one for separate reasons. The Nightmare Before Christmas is classic Tim Burton, and Hocus Pocus is the 90s in a nutshell. Both were released in 1993, so both are being recommended together. Check out the show notes for the latest updates on Hocus Pocus 2, set to come out next year. And that's movie recommendations. For this week's kindness and practice, I paid a visit to one of my favorite places, a library. But I didn't go to just any library. I wanted to see what was happening at the Winterville Library. And in that library, I met with brand manager Deirdre Murray. My name is Deirdre Murray. I work at the Winterville Library. We're part of the athens Clark County Library System, and we're in Winterville, Georgia. The Winterville Library is conveniently located at 115 Marigold Lane in downtown Winterville. It's one corner of the downtown Winterville Square. Well, because we're a part of the li- larger library system, having a branch here uh, gives people in this area a place closer to home and they don't have to drive into Athens. Athens is only about, the Athens Library is only about 15 minutes from here, but some people prefer not to drive into Athens so they can um, have all the same things that Athens has to offer, only closer to home. As we sat and talked in the children's section before the library opened one morning recently, Deirdre and I discussed the role a library can play for a community like Winterville. I know you do story times sometimes, is it every other week at the Marigold Market? Every other week, Titan asked us to do that, and um, I was doing it every other week because I was also reading to the memory care uh, residents over at Avery Place. Oh, yeah. But that has stopped for the time being because of COVID. Yeah, because of the variant. Mm -hmm. And being indoors in such a close 
space. But mm -hmm. the Marigold Market works out perfect because it is outside mm -hmm. and we can space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even in that gazebo, it's still really big. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, because you're usually under the gazebo, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's new for this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, that's, that's... That's a lovely little thing. It is. It's a nice thing to do. We're kind of surprised, but very happy about the turnout. Mm -hmm. and, um, three generations are there often. It's not unusual to see grandparents, their, their daughters and sons and their grandchildren, all three paying attention yeah. to the story. Which is really just a wonderful thing to see. I mean, that's so, got to be so rare. Well, not rare, but I mean, that's just that's just a beautiful thing to see. It is. It's yeah. a wonderful thing to be a part of. Yeah. Well, because that's a family moment, and reading being a part of that, I think, is such a, such a wonderful thing to have. My favorite part of our conversation is when she begins talking about the stories Deirdre tells at the Marigold Market and other places, and the reactions the books get. Uh, do you know what you're going to be reading tomorrow? I know two of the stories. Um, one, I just, one is the story that we've had a while, a Sandra Boynton story mm -hmm. uh, called something like Your Wonderful Nose. And the reason I'm so in love with that book right now is because I brought it over to Avery Place last Saturday mm -hmm. and I read it. Well, you're supposed to sing it. It's a song, although nothing rhymes. <laughs> it's sing-songy, and you read it sing-songy, and you go on and on about the listener's nose yeah. and their beautiful, wonderful nose. And you have to really get into it. Yeah. And I had residents that are usually just sitting there looking at me laugh out loud oh, when I, I started carrying on about their nose <laughs> and singing about their nose yeah. and almost touching their nose. Um, so that was so gratifying. Oh, yeah. Because you just never know what that, whether you're getting through. Yeah, but so they were there, they were present. They were. There's another wonderful story I've just discovered called Escargot mm. and it's about a snail who mourns the fact that usually when you ask someone what their favorite animal is, they don't say snail. Yeah. So that's a really cute one. That's really cute. I love that. And he's French. Yeah. He wears a beret. Oh, I love that. And he's... a striped shirt. What a wonderful kindness Deirdre is doing on behalf of the Winterville Library. You can hear the rest of our conversation about kindness, connection, and community this coming Tuesday when I release the full interview. Before we leave each other today, I want to talk a minute about sponsorship. First, I want to thank our first and favorite sponsor, Cooper Law Firm, for their continued support of all our endeavors here at the Little Decisions podcast. Congratulations on opening up a second office in Macon, Georgia. If you're looking for a good real estate attorney in the Central Georgia area, call 478-953-4190 and tell them Victoria sent you. This show is looking for additional sponsors and for listener support as well. To help support this show, you can email littledecisionspodcast at gmail.com or donate directly on PayPal 
to at Little Decisions POD. That's at Little Decisions POD on PayPal. This podcast will also have a Patreon page that's coming in early October, and I can't wait to share that with y'all. As always, pineapple with care. <laughs>